Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the 81st episode of the Black Ink Podcast. I'm your host today, as I always have been. And if you're a long-time listener and you are still here after the last episode, then thank you. Because uh, I definitely wouldn't say lost some sleep after I posted that one, but I uh, definitely had a couple second thoughts about it. But the good thing is I feel like my community of people around me kind of hunkered down and just like doubled down with what I was saying and agreed. And it was crazy because a lot of people have quite different lifestyle choices to me yet still understand my point of view, which is great because if you really understood the message behind that uh, most recent podcast, it was that we need to communicate. Okay, it's got nothing to do with you know the thing that's making all of all of this and the rules and all the bullshit. That's just the byproduct. What we're actually worried about right now is the communication, is the speaking with each other. It's reuniting and realizing that we all have a similar cause, which is just to go home at the end of the end of the end of the day to our family and be happy and healthy, you know, and to love each other. God damn, it's not that crazy to think, you know, you're allowed to love your neighbor. It's quite all right, you know. But today is the 1st of February, which is the first beautiful day of the rest of my life that I am no longer allowed to experience indoor hospitality. And that kind of sinks in further and further and further the more you think about it, you know, because I went to McDonald's this morning on my push bike. I just got back from a a ride on my push bike, you know, and I took I took 20 bucks with me because I was like, fuck, yeah, I'll leave my bike out the front. I'll order on the fucking self-serve thing and then I'll grab my coffee. You know, main concern was that my push bike isn't going to get stolen. And I left the gate and I realized after I left, I was like, oh, I'm not allowed in there. Even if I had a mask, I'm not allowed in there anymore. You know, like that's against the law to go indoors in a public place is now against the law for me if they sell food or alcohol. Okay, so that's all good. So now I turned into the creep who's hanging out the front of McDonald's asking your kid if he can go inside and buy me a coffee with a $10 note saying he can keep the change. You know, fuck man. How the times have changed. <laughs> so crazy. This is real. This is real. This is what we're doing. You know, on Saturday night, I got a bit upset because I was like, and by the way, it's funny because I was mentioning to someone the other day that I kind of went a bit down this road with the last podcast and they said, oh, you're turning political. And it's funny, you know, because I've always tried to steer this ship away from the sun. You know, like I try to do the right thing for you guys. I know you're hearing this shit everywhere else, but it's at a point now where it's like, it's directly impacting a massive percentage of my life. So I'm sharing my experience and my thought process along the way. Unfortunately, it's it's kind of getting into the blurred area of maybe perhaps being a little political, but at the same time, like I ask you to not listen to this for any sort of political advice or direction with what you should do with your own life, but simply as an almost, uh, you know, listener to my personal journal of the experience of being seemingly a free man in a free country, but also not allowed to do a whole heap of shit now because I didn't get a fucking bit of juice in my arm, you know? But anyway, I, uh, I got, got a little bit upset on Saturday night because I was like, you know what? I'll go out because, you know, it's going to be the last time I get to go to a, a pub, nightclub, bar, bistro, anything. So probably should take advantage of it. This is the last weekend ever. And it's funny, you know, as the sun was going down, I was on my um, grom and I was practicing doing wheelies, which I've been doing pretty much every day for, <clears throat> for you know, a good while now, actually. I, I tend not to have too many days off the grom. I'll have like two or three days off at a time. Like it's how windy at the moment. So I'm probably going to have to take my second day off today and probably tomorrow if this wind keeps up. But I was doing wheelies as the sun was going down. It was beautiful. It was like golden hour. I was doing wheelies in the shadow of this big, beautiful tree in this car park. You know, there's a few people around there walking their dogs and doing this and that. And I was like, this is just fucking awesome, you know. But realistically, 
if I were to get the most out of tonight, given the, the day and the time and all the rest, then I should probably at probably be at the pub starting to drink now. As the sun goes down, maybe even have one under your belt and be on to your second one by now. Because not that there's any right or wrong time to start drinking on a night out, but to do it kind of properly, I mean, if you really want to do it properly, you send it from lunchtime, you turn day drinking into night drinking and you can be done super early, you can go to bed by fucking 10 o'clock and you've still had a massive session, or you can still turn that into a fucking bender and end up just finishing up on, you know, Wednesday afternoon, whatever happens. But the point was, I had this real, real like realization moment where I'm like, on the day, like supposedly this is going to be the last ever opportunity to drink with your mates and just have that, just have the experience of going down to Fitzy's or Lost Bills or, you know, Brooklyn or Last Slice or The Rose or wherever it may be, just walking in and seeing someone that you haven't seen in two or three years. That the last time you saw them, it was here as well because you live totally different lives, but you still know each other, you know, like just having that experience or, I mean, the crazy part is we're probably only six months away from me missing the experience of going out and having a bad time. You know, you don't realize what you've got until it's gone. And then all of a sudden I was realizing that at that time and place on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening as the sun's going down, I was just flat out fucking doing the things that I like doing, you know? And like this double-edged sword here, because I'm like, you know, pat on the back for like, oh, at least you didn't conform and go like, oh, this is the last chance I get to drink in public. I better go and do it, you know? But also at the same time, like, fuck, you know, now it's gone. Now, like, having a coffee on a Sunday morning with, you know, dad down at Dome or whatever, that's gone. Or, <clears throat> you know, I have a win in my business and Larissa and I decide to go out for a nice dinner or something. Well, that's gone. You know, Larissa's always wanted to go to Nicola's. Now that's, I can't do that. You know, so, and I've, in all honesty, like, I would much rather kind of fly under the radar and not say anything, uh, you know, just in case, you know, someone decides to be polite and say, oh, you can come in here for a couple minutes if you want. You know, it's all good. I'll, I'll cover for you sort of thing. And then, you know, you end up getting done over. But uh, what I'm saying is I would much rather fly under the radar and get away with shit like that. But in all honesty, this is such a life-changing experience that I think there's more validity in being transparent in the whole situation and just like breaking down that this seems pretty fucked, you know? And this isn't because like I'm a mad anti-vaxxer, you know? This isn't because I'm against the vaccine. This isn't because I'm against... Or, you know, like people having, uh, whatever. I'm not against that. I just haven't been in a position where I have to get it. And now it's gone on for so long. And there's so much evidence behind it not being beneficial at all. Right? Very important. And then past that, there's massive amounts of people who are getting sick because of the vaccine. Okay? because of the vaccine, not with coronavirus, because that's not that scary, shit that's changing their life and taking away their ability to, I, it's, I, every time I go down that rabbit hole as well, and I start to like, even before I'm like, you know, <clears throat> everyone wants to pick up on these one-liners rather than focus on the bigger picture here. The point is I've never had my arm twisted in a way where I have to go and get it, so I didn't go and get it. And now I'm in a position where, Obviously, as I said, there seems to be some pretty adverse reactions that I know it's only 1%, but I also don't want to be the 1%. Um, I've never really been scared of the cold or flu. Um, I know this isn't the same as a cold or flu, but um, it is. So I'm not really worried about fucking catching coronavirus. And I got asked the other day by actually, like Riz asked me, she goes, what's going to happen if you catch a coronavirus? Well, um, yeah. 
I don't give a fuck, pretty much. Like, nothing, obviously not being rude to Riz at all, but it's like one of those things to me, like when I, it was the first time that I actually thought about what happens if I catch, catch coronavirus. Well, practice what I preach, daddy. If it kills me, it kills me. I was wrong and you can use all of this as evidence to go and march down and fucking say that everyone should be fucking vaccinated and rah, rah, rah. Like, I get it, but I'm pretty sure that this isn't something that I'm going to be worried about if it does happen. So now I'm in a position where because I like... I guess you could say, well, now's the time that you need to get it if you want to continue to participate in society. But I just always thought there was never going to be a gate holder between me and participating in society. So it seems kind of surreal that I've got to go and get two batches of juice in my arm that don't help the thing that they're meant to be helping and also have side effects that could possibly affect me for the short and long term. So what's going on? You know what I mean? Like I can't go to Macca's to get a coffee anymore. I can't take Riz out for dinner anymore. I can't go out on a Friday night after a long week anymore. Now all that's just going to be kept indoors. Like, what are we talking about? That seems bizarre to me, you know? Like it seems so overwhelmingly bizarre that all the success that I'm having for Black Ink almost doesn't seem like it's worth it because when you've made it to the top and you've made all the money and you've got a successful brand or you've got a voice on a platform like a podcast, what the fuck am I meant to do with it? Invite everyone around here so all you semi-communist fucks can dob me in for not having a mask on or something and then end up getting fucked over anyway. Like, I'm pretty sure people aren't seeing the snake eating its tail here. They think they're on this one-way path to freedom and, and healthiness and success when it's like you're just giving away freedoms. You're, you're on their team. Like, the people who are going to take away us, uh, our freedom in the long run, you're already on their team. It seems crazy to me that we're just like willingly handing this shit over. Anyway, I'm going to fucking cut that off there. I'm sorry. I I just, wow, you know, wow. I got to go and pick up shirts from Sabotage after this. Like I got to stand out the front while she brings the shirts to the door because I'm a fucking health risk, you know? What? I went for a ride on my fixed gear push bike for like 15 kilometers and it's a windy day today. I'm a fucking health risk, bro. I'm probably the fucking fittest person, besides Megan, who's going to walk in the door all day. What are we talking about? Man. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, As I said, I try to save you guys from all of this, but it's just been fucking on my mind lately. Dude, I tell you what, and I, this is actually pretty cool. Okay, so we're 11 minutes in. We're, we're probably like 10 minutes in because I was singing and shit at the start, so I'll have to cut that off, but... Mm. Right. Oh, what the fuck? The handles of my scissors have gone off. I've never noticed that before. Ah, well. Right. So, went to the rink on Sunday with Larissa, her sister, and her mum. And her sister had a friend along there as well. It was awesome. So, I actually haven't been to the rink, like, for a general session skate in years. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably not years, because I tend to go, like, at least once every 12 months. I end up there one way or another. But I went there and I kind of, this is really weird because like, if you don't know, if you're a new time listener or if you're not, uh, you're not familiar with my past, I used to be a, for lack of better words, professional speed skater. I lived in Holland for about 12 months, just doing like the inline and ice circuit. And uh, yeah, I was like, spent 10 years speed skating, artistic skating, um, and just love street skating. I love rollerblading. It's, I'm all about it. I can pretty much skate better than I can walk. It seems ridiculous until you see it. And then you're like, oh yeah, I guess he's fucking awesome at skating. So going to the rink is actually an overwhelming experience because 
in modern fucking 2022, the reality is everyone that goes to the rink can't skate, especially in Bunbury, because the rink has done no marketing ever. Like, I think they did a couple TV ads, you know, 75 years ago, and they've got a Facebook page that only the people who ever go to the rink like. They don't do any Facebook advertising or anything. So there's, you know, like between fucking three and 20 people at a general session. And I'm not picking on the rink, by the way. Like, you know, obviously, so if you're watching this or anyone who's involved with the rink, like, I love you guys. I, I pretty much grew up at the rink. I have so much respect and time and appreciation for that physical space, but just... The experience that I had on Sunday was like, God damn, we came from having everything to having literally nothing here. Like it was such an, it was walking in the door already. When I go in there, no one knows how to skate, as I said, and then I know how to skate really well. So this is one of the rare occasions where like, I'm going to go in there and be in there for literally five minutes, just fucking around. And everybody in the room either wants to talk to me or really doesn't want to talk to me. It's one of the two, right? There's no one just nonchalant about my existence. There's all the kids being like, holy fuck, look at that dude. Then there's all the dudes who are there with their girlfriends being like, dude, I get it. She gets it. You can skate. Go away, you know? And then there's probably the chick who's with the dude going like, hey, can you teach me how to go backwards? (laughs) That wasn't there on Sunday, but you understand what I'm saying, right? So it's a bit overwhelming to go there. And this is the thing, like when I fucking launch into like, when I just jump into skating, when I just like get on my skates and I go have some fun, I'm so fucking flamboyant because I'm like 370 kilos and seven foot five. So it seems like I shouldn't be able to do the things that I can do while I'm on blades because I'm throwing around so much weight. Also, lean 92 kilos and a fucking six foot four. You better believe that's the truth. But when I'm on skates, dude, I look like a, a fucking young filly in the body of an old cult. You understand? So I want to go and have fun. But I also don't want to look like I'm showing off. I don't want to look like I'm just like, hey, look how much better than you I can skate, you know? And this is just like a, this is a constant battle that I've got in my mind because, you know, I've, I've had people who are close to me and maybe too close to me say like, no, 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 just go send it, go have fun. You know, like it's when, it, people are watching you, but people are watching you because they think you're good at skating. And it's like, yeah, well, that's half the problem. I don't want people to watch me at all. But then at the same time, you go there and you do it and you jump around on skates and then you're like, I know that look fucking sick. So you scan the room and you're like, okay, they saw me, right? So then it's like, now when I skate around, I try not to do anything too crazy around them because I know that they're already keeping an eye on me because they saw me do a pretty clean left out of back three turn and like, well, if he can do that, I'm pretty sure our boy can maybe fluke an axle if he wanted to. And for the record, can't, never tried to, but probably could if I did try, okay? I'm, I'm not trying to sound cocky. I'm just letting you know. I'm just telling them, okay? I'm just telling them. So we go to the rink and to my almighty fucking surprise, we have to wear a mask on the floor. So tell me, is it exercise when you put on skates and you go skating around the rink? Yes, it is. You know why? Because you're doing something for recreation. Like you are doing it purely for the, the activity, the exercise of it. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, it blows my mind that this wouldn't be class and active. This is like people jogging around, you know, wherever outside should have masks on. If we have to wear masks skating around indoors doing exercise, then if you're doing a fucking Les Mills, uh, you know, stationary bike class up at the gym, you better have on a mask, baby. Okay. Now, obviously that's absurd. Shouldn't have had to wear masks in the rink. And also considering that it isn't a, a strenuous activity and all the rest, like 
if someone's doing the thing, they're out on the floor and the mask slips below their nose, don't tell them to put it back up. Just shut the fuck up, okay? Because this is, you ready? This is one of those things that no one wants to talk about, okay? Venturing into this new kind of way of living that we're all going to have to adapt to, you can appreciate that there's going to be certain situations arise and you're going to be one or the other in this situation, okay? There's going to be someone who enforces the rules and there's going to be someone who is forced to follow the rules, okay? So you've got participant and then you've got authority, okay? Now, let's say participant walks into your shop, okay? And in this instance, you're the cashier, okay? So you're the authority. So this person is the authority and you're the participant and you walk in da, 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 and you got your mask just below your nose. The authority has two choices here. They can go, hey, you're a human. I'm a human. Don't worry about it. Pay for your chippies and fuck off. Or they can go, uh, ma, uh, put your mask up, please. Excuse, put your mask up. I'm catching Corona just looking at your cunt. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? There is going to be situations where people can choose just to be good people and say, hey man, I see you're giving an effort. I can see there's a mask hanging from your chin. Maybe it's not on the whole way. Fucking, okay, dude, I get it. You're living, you're in the middle of your day. Huh? You probably had a shit morning. Hey, probably didn't get a root last night. Mrs. is treating you like a dog for no reason this morning. Didn't even have any energy to put into that. Try to figure out what's going on. You come to work, fucking cars on empty. You haven't got enough money in your account to fuel it up. And now you're here. You don't need me giving you shit, bro. Dude, just pay for your chippies and fuck off. All right? Because the problem I think we're all really going to face is heaps of people not having any sort of value in their life. They don't have any real purpose or even control, any discipline. So then they're in this position of authority where they get to stand behind the counter and wait for people coming in with bated breath, ready to say, pull your mask up, pull it up. Come on, you know the rules. If I've got to do it, you've got to do it. Pull it up, come on. Right? Right? So this is the thing. We all get to, as the participant, navigate our way through these choppy waters of fuckheads and good people and, and how they're going to treat us. And then all these people out there who get this little bit of authority in their life, they get to decide if they're going to hold on to it tighter than they hold on to themselves nine o'clock at night while no one's watching, or whether they're just going to let it slip through their hands like they should because it's no real authority at all. Hmm. Nonetheless, there was a bitch at the rink who was telling me to pull my mask up because it was just slipping under my nose. Now, I was letting it slip under my nose because I was giving a massive cardiovascular effort, okay? I was actually under this wild condition that comes with uh, exercising, which is called being puffed, right? And I was breathing heavily. It actually, it's wild because you, your muscles go into such an oxygen deficit that it increases your heart rate, which causes more blood to be pumped around your body so it can swap more carbon dioxide with oxygen in your blood and feed those muscles the recovery that it needs, thus making you breathe faster, right? So your body can literally take in more oxygen because you're literally putting more oxygen into your lungs to, to, to fix the, the torn muscles. Anyway, it's not important. The point is why are we wearing a mask at all while we're exercising and why the fuck at fucking 11.30 on a Sunday at the rink are you grasping that authority? What does it mean to you? Hey, bitch, we're in a shed with about fucking 18 other people, right? None of them care. None of them care. The other bitch who works at the rink, she doesn't care. Just shut up, okay? And if you want some advice on how to do three turns, see me after the session. But otherwise, pay for your chippies and fuck off, all right? 
Unreal. <clears throat> but it's funny, it got me thinking because obviously, as I said, I like grew up at the rink. I spent a good seven years at the rink just being there every night after school, doing all the sessions. I remember I used to work, oh man, mum's gonna have the biggest smile when she's listening to this. I remember on Saturday afternoons, mum would drop me off at 12 o'clock uh, in uh, midday, or maybe it was like 11.30, after we did the shopping in the morning, right? So Saturday mornings were always like a thing. You'd watch cartoons, mum and I'd do the shopping, blah, blah, blah. And then <clears throat> I'd go to the rink, and then you do the skate smart class, which is where they teach you how to skate and all the rest. I blitzed that shit in six months. I was level five. They, they fucking made another level for me because I was just chopping my way through it, you understand? So I would do the skate smart class, and they have a general session from one until three. Now, there was a group of about fucking... It must have been like 15 kids who were definitely there every Saturday. And like there was the group was probably about 30 kids, but it was like there was 15 on there was a probably about 20 on rotation. There was 15 diehard cunts every week that were there, right? And you had the speed crew, you had the artistic crew, you had the crew that just came to general sessions. Every now and then you get a straggler from the past who will blow in. And like, this is back in the days when like my speed skating coach was actually the floor marshal. So like you you were there with your coach at the same time and it was just on for two hours. Mum would come and pick us up, like would pick me up. I would be drenched in sweat every time. My skates would stink like shit because they were just fucking flooded with sweat for the hundredth time or thousandth time, you know? And then she'd take me straight from skating to work where I'd literally change into jeans, put on a fucking top, put my steel cap boots on and go fucking muck out stables for four hours until the sun goes down and then wake up before the sun comes up and go and do it all again. Then she dropped me back at the rink after being a stable hand on Sunday mornings, I'd skate Sunday afternoons and then go back to the farm and fucking muck out all the stables and feed the horses. On school holidays, dude, it was just two weeks of living at the rink all day, just all day, every day, skating at the rink. Like, this is the thing. I was, I was explaining this to Larissa when we were leaving the rink the other day that like the way I skate, like I really jump and pop around. There's one other like crew of skaters that I notice have a similarity in all their skaters. When I say crew, it's like a club over in Victoria and they all come from this rink called uh, Eltham, you know, skateways or rollerways or city rollers or I don't know. They're fucking, you know, there's about seven generic names. It's one of them, but it's the club in Eltham. And man, it's, these guys are the exact same. They all jump and pop around. And I realize it's because these cunts had that same culture. They grew up at general sessions. Like, this is the thing that blows my mind is that I actually had something to go to every Saturday. I had something that I was looking forward to. Not so much that like Friday night you go to bed just all fucking, you know, rock hard, ready for skating the next day. It was just something that like every Saturday was guaranteed to have heaps of fun, do heaps of exercise, be covered head to toe in sweat. And also like it was a little drip fest. We used to go there and fucking, I remember at one point I had like a silver chain and I remember there was this chick who her brother had Oakley glasses. So I'm realizing on the spot that my memories of all this was really fucking hazy. But the point was we all kind of like, I remember having a big chain on my jeans and like that was a cool thing at one point. And like there was a time where we were all wearing baggy jeans. And then when we wore baggy jeans, we would slide on the floor for fucking ages. Like we'd skate hell fast and then drop down and sl see who could slide the longest. And then that turned into a competition. And then that turned into something that nobody was allowed to do because we were doing it so hectic that kids who couldn't skate were trying to do it and were fucking up their knees and shit it was so good dude man this i haven't even brought up the shit that i want to bring up about the rink yet how crazy is that mm. so 
it's funny because I was thinking <laughs> this is so funny. So Sunday morning before was it Sunday or Saturday we went? No, it was Sunday. So Sunday morning before we went, I was like, oh fuck, what am I gonna wear? You know, because I like, guaranteed the rink's not gonna have the aircon on because. Why would you turn the aircon on on a super hot day inside of a shed that we're exercising with masks on, you know? Why would you do that? That would just waste electricity, wouldn't it? Anyway, so I'm trying to best prepare myself for this, uh, you know, obviously strenuous exercise we're going to do inside of essentially a sauna. So I was like, I'm going to wear some nice big fucking cargo pants. I got this pair of fucking... Uh, you know the the army camouflage the like they're, they're actually like australian army pants but they're like the calif- camouflage and they're so like i think they're like a 38 and to be honest with you i bought them like six or seven years ago i bought them from the vinnies in town you know the one next to the barbershop so i got them from there i remember when i got them the person i was with was like they're fucking stupid. Like, you're never going to wear those. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm going to wear these. Just coincidentally, they've just not left me. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like black skinny leg jeans. Since I first put a pair of them on, I was like, oh, cool. So this is what I wear forever now. Every Anytime it's cold, just black skinny jeans, sold. Hey, am I going to own more than one pair ever? Nah, nah. I'm just going to struggle with one pair at a time my whole fucking life until my business blows up at the age of around probably 29 and three quarters. And then I'll let myself buy a second pair of skinny leg jeans. Oh, it's going to be a good day as well. So I've got on these camouflage fucking three quarter pants. The whole point that I'm making, they're like a 36 or a 38. And your boys are slim 32. Because remember, 92 kilos, six foot four, ball of muscle. So I've got to fucking pull these pants. And as it turns out, being army issue pants, you know, they're like, you know, have all the functionality in the world of them because they're for the Australian Army. And they've got the buttons on the side where you can bring them right in. So the waist on them is like, you know, 32 tiny, but they're super baggy. And because I've just got, got this weird body shape where I've got a short torso and super long legs makes me good at cycling and skating also means that most shorts are going to appear like short shorts on me. So you get yourself a baggy pair of like kind of cargo pants and your boy's now wearing three quarters that are camouflage, right? So I put on the camouflage cargo pants because I'm like, you know, obviously nice and roomy and airy for my fucking, for my, for my quadzillas down the bottom here. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Obviously chuck on a black ink shirt naturally because you can't wear a button up with a camouflage pants just because like I don't have any button ups that don't have patterns on them and you can't wear a pattern and camouflage because if I have to explain that, you shouldn't be here. Okay. So then I was like, well, I can't go with a fucking top knot because even though you want to skate with a top knot. You just can't do it. You know what I mean? I was like, I just don't want to be the fucking weirdo at the rink, you know? And then I had these memories fluttering through my mind. Like that. Memories, memories, memories going through my mind. And I had this sort of like, fuck, you know what? (sighs) Whatever I be when I grow up, I just don't want to be the weird cunt at the rink, you know? I remember this one time I was at the rink and... Actually, you guys might remember, it's the story of the guy called, uh, 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 you, you know, I, I had that sexual harassment claim put against me because of him. It was him, right? And he rocked up at the rink and, you know, just old fucking gay flamboyant man, you know, congratulations for him, do whatever you want, I don't care. Uh, as in regard to his sexuality, you know, you know, I just feel, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let, let's, no, 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 let's stop there, okay? Because obviously I have to protect myself saying old gay man, Right? Because people are going to be like, what, you got a problem with him being gay? No, i got a problem with him being fucking old, okay? Like, dude, it's got nothing to do with either of the things that I was describing him with, okay? But if you saw this man in the street, you'd be like, this motherfucker is old, and if I'm going to take a wild guess, 
based on the way he dresses, talks, and walks, I'm gonna guess he's gay too, okay? So now you've got all the information you need to progress with this little fucking narrative that we're going through. We don't need anyone but hurt. We're just gonna, we're just gonna talk about what happened, okay? So the old gay guy walks in, puts on his roller skates, and he's skating around and he's doing, and like, this is the thing, as a skater, I'm like, cool, you're from fucking, you know, you skated with Jesus. It's just not the way you skate anymore. Like you're doing it real kind of seventies and groovy and like holding on to your edges and all that. Everything's underneath you now. It's all kind of tip, tip, tip and tidy. It's how you, skate, how you skate is very technical now compared to what it used to be. Like you're, you're, you're like skating on weed and like people kind of skate on meth these days, you know? And I don't think even skaters are going to get that metaphor, but that's all good. Moving on. And I just remember looking at him being like, you know, obviously I'm going to be someone who can skate when I get older. I just don't don't want to look like that because that's fucking weird, you know? And not because he's old, not because he's gay, but because there is a certain essence to someone who skates a little bit too well for their age that you're just like, hey man, what decisions did you make as a child to be able to do this as an adult? Okay? And like, dude, there's nothing wrong with being skating. I'm the biggest advocate for skating, but I also know that if you're going to be someone in that position, you have to be so fucking undeniably good at what you're doing so that you don't fall into the category of what the fuck are you doing, right? And then I realized while I was doing up the button of my camouflage three-quarter fucking army pants and pulling on my black ink t-shirt, flopping my fucking ponytail out of the way that I'm about to be that weird guy at the rink. God damn it. What happened? Like, I kind of pull it back by having tattoos. I'm kind of cool in that regard. And you got a face tattoo and a little bit of a beard. Also, all things that could be taken extremely fucking weirdly from the younger generation, you know? It's like, how is he that good at skating? Like, he's not even following the rules of, like, gravity, it seems like. And why has he got three foot of hair hanging off the back of his head? You know, like, what the fuck's going on in this guy's life? But sometimes you just got to embrace being the weird guy standing out the front of McDonald's offering some kids fucking $4 for them to buy you a flat white with one sugar. It's just who you are now. That's part of your character. It's a weird world we live in and it's not your job to solve the problem of the world, but to solve the problems that come up in your world. Fuck, I'm deep, dude. Hmm. Dude, when I was living in Holland, this is, <laughs> this, is, this is a good story. So when I was living in Holland... And my mum's always busting my chops about not talking about my um, past enough because I got some crazy stories and I just really seem to talk about the things that are happening right now with like, my business and my thoughts and all the rest. But this is something that's so fucking rattling to me that it still sticks with me. And when I think about it, like when it, when it, sorry, I've only kind of recently like broken down in my mind why it rattles me so much because I spent so long just letting it rattle me and then like finishing the sentence. You know, something will rattle you and you're like, okay, I'm going to think about something else and that's all good, you know? But, you know, I let myself think about it and I was like, why is this so upsetting to you? And then I was like, oh, maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. So there's this song. Uh, I don't even know what the song is. It's like an Eminem song. And uh, there's a part that goes, like, may not mean nothing to y'all. Understand nothing was done for me. Like that. And the, and the line is, understand nothing was done for me. Because I won that shit forever, man, ever, man. Last name ever, first name greatest. Like a sprained ankle, boy, ain't nothing to play with. That song, okay? I still don't know what it is. Oh, I think it's called Forever. I literally said Forever. Dude, it's called Forever, okay? And it was released around 2010 because that's when I was there. No, 2011 I was there. Oh, it was 10, it was 11 years ago. So anyway, 
I remember we were listening, like this song was held popping at the time and this might have been like two weeks after it was released and all of us Aussies living in this little arrangement were, uh, you know, not all of us, I think it was like probably 50% of us were like hell vibing on this Eminem album. It might even be the Relapse album. Anyway, it, dude, it doesn't matter where the song comes from, okay? Fuck. <laughs> so the song was the song, we're listening to it and then I remember we're all hanging out in this one room and that part of the song comes on and then this chick's like, oh, just like, nah, nah. After the part in the song where he goes like, understand nothing was done for me. Understand nothing was done for me, right? That's what he said. And she's like, nah, just like, nah. Like that, that part of the song just hell fucking, hell pisses me off, eh? Hey? Oh my God. I just, even saying it out loud, like, what the fuck do you mean about that? Like, what, what is that? What are you talking about? You don't like that part of the song? Well, you have to understand that nothing was done for him. And so, you know what? I'm realizing as I'm saying right now, I never find, found out why. I just went off on my own tangent. Because in my mind, we had a conversation after that where I'm like, yeah, why don't you like that part of the song? And then she goes, oh, fucking, you know, his career was actually, but in like, he had to go through this and this. And like, also like this person gave him a handout and this person gave him a handout and like, He's just like, he's just, he's not real. And like, and then I, in my mind, say to her, well, what interview did you listen to and get this opinion from? What article did you read that you're now verbatim repeating to me? Word for word. Bam, bam, bam. Okay. Because no one fucking cares about that fucking line that much. No one cares about a line in a song that much. Right? So what are we talking about? And also... On a grander scale, okay, we're outside of the conversation now. This is me breaking down what the fuck is going on in this imaginary thing that happened in my mind 10 years ago, okay? What do you mean? Do you mean to say that you take their career so seriously that you're going to bring it up now with other people who have no context of what you're talking about in hope that one of us follows his career that closely that we're going to have a point of connection here? Is that what is going on? Or do you want to kind of, you know, weirdly virtue signal your way into some sort of like kind of being uh, more in the know than what you actually are because you listen to one? Like I, I, like I pretty much was just, dude, this, this whole thing boils down to my hatred of people who hear something and then repeat it. And this is literally what I'm talking about in, in like the modern day problem, right? Some people hear like, oh, did you know wearing two masks is double effective? And they hear that on fucking GWN news. So then they go and tell all their mates, you know, like, oh, I heard this, I heard this. It's exactly the same, okay? The only difference is 10 years ago, the media was a little bit more reliable with trustworthy information than what they are right now, surprisingly. How that has become the case, who knows, right? But I just remember being so fucking upset about the fact that she said that and nothing else was said, right? And then everyone was just quiet as if she didn't say anything at all because in reality, she didn't say anything at all. She wasted her breath. That's what happened in that moment. Oh, just, I just don't like that. That line, everything, no, nothing was done. Everything was done. But you don't know. You don't know. But also, why 
Like the bigger question here is why the fuck would my mind hold on to that every time I hear that song? And also the problem is, is like that part of the song is stuck in my head more than the rest of the song. So like I'll reference that part of the song just randomly, you know, like you be in the shower, you hear like a hook of another song, and understand nothing was done for me. And then all of a sudden you just see her saying like, oh no, I don't really don't. You just fucking get angry. You know what I mean? Why does my mind do that? And also... Why is there such a fucking crazy in-depth answer when I ask myself, why do I have a problem with it to begin with, right? It's so crazy that I let myself go off on these, like when you, like when I have road rage, man, I start building narratives around the person. Or you bought a fucking Navara because you think it's got better fuel economy than the Hilux. You don't know fuel economy, dickhead. You don't know fucking four wheel drives at all, you know? Like, hey man, he's probably just thinking about something and accidentally dropped 10Ks under the limit. But no, you know, whatever his name is, fucking Timothy, you know, probably a fucking Timothy. Look at the cunt looking at me in the mirror as if I'm the fuckhead for being too close to him, you know? Silly man. We do this to ourselves, like shooting ourselves in the foot before we start a race and then like blaming the guy next to us because he was watching us do it, you know? Weird. Mm. So back to the thing. It's funny because the rink has been for sale. We're going back to the rink, okay? So the rink has been for sale for must be at least six months now, okay? And they got a sign out the front. They got a big sign as you walk in saying business for sale and rah, rah, rah. And me being quite the young entrepreneurial businessman that I am, I wanted to assess what exactly you might be buying when you purchase this fine establishment. And the more I looked around, the more I realized there's not a lot that you're actually buying here, right? And then I thought about the potential of the place, how essential it was to perhaps keep that place if you wanted to own a rink or whether you would just go and do it yourself without any of the goodwill or running stock or blah, blah, blah. And then I thought about the potential of just a good rink in Bunbury. Mmm, that is an exciting thought. That's something that I can't put down. That's something that was brought up to me on Wednesday on Australia Day at, at the little barbecue that I went to at uh, Riz's mum's place. That idea was like, not even an idea that was kind of brought up like, hey, you know what you should do? It was just, oh, well, rinks for sale, you should buy it. You know, just shit that people say. And I was like, yeah, no, that's, well, I, would, I don't have a million bucks to buy it. I wouldn't, if, if I bought a rink, I probably wouldn't. That's, oh, it was the wrong location, but if, why does it have a roof? That was fine, I guess so. And then that, those voices just didn't stop. And in all honesty, they haven't stopped. Every day I thought about it. And then when I went to the rink and I was looking at everything, and then that bitch told me to pull my mask up, and I was just like, you know what? I can see myself owning a rink one day. I can see myself owning a fucking cool rink, actually. I can see myself owning something that is the fucking hot spot of Bunbury on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon. I see something crazy in my head. It's, dude, you know what the wild part about it is? This is something that makes sense. This is contextual with my entire life. This gives me something that I can keep on building and building and building and then retire on, right? And that's not even like, that's just a fucking courtesy of the whole situation, right? Oh, fuck. I got worried I couldn't go into Bunnings to buy a potting mix, but I can. You know why? Because they don't sell coffee, okay? They do give away free coffee, though. How good is that? The cool thing about a rink is, like, I could execute all the cool ideas that I would have, that I have had for a rink 
for the past 20 years. <laughs> like the cool thing about having a rink is opening up a bar right now, you can open a bar right now and make money. If you've got the general kind of program, the layout of how that sort of business is meant to operate, you can go and make money, okay? If you've got an idea for a cafe, you can open a cafe and if you've got the layout and the quality and everything, it'll work and you'll make money, right? A lot of people don't know how simple those things are. They are quite complex situations, but in general, they're pretty simple. It's mostly a case of having the right people around you and having the money to do it. And even getting the money to do it isn't that hard if you've got the right people around you, right? And you put in the work yourself. But the problem with those two things is you're, you're fucking competing with a sea of cafes and bars. You're competing with, at nine o'clock on a Saturday night, there's a certain amount of people who are out and you're trying to get a slice of that pie, right? If you've got a cafe, everyone's out on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock, you're trying to get a slice of the people that are out and say like, I take their money, right? And then Townhouse takes their money, Cafes takes their money, so everyone's got their own slice of the pie. Hey, everyone's looking for something to do on a Friday night, on a Friday afternoon, after school, somewhere you can take the kids, somewhere you can fucking have a birthday party for anyone from five until fucking 35 if you want, you know? Like I would have a party at the rink because it makes sense. And also, someone's having a fucking, you know, one of them virgin bucks do. You're telling me that a group of blokes all fucking on rollerblades before they go on a winery tour down south, they, that's a, look, I'm making a bad example, okay, and it's really not helping my case. The point is there is so many fucking opportunities that I'm actually excited about this concept and I haven't really had any other fucking business ideas where I'm like, oh yeah, I guess that industry is something I'd like to go, to. you know, like even truck driving. I would love to own a truck one day, but I would fucking hate to be a truck driver as an occupation where you own and operate your vehicle. It's like, I may as well just drive some other country truck and not have to worry about the insurance and the fucking, the maintenance and all the bullshit for the sake of being able to say like, yeah, this is my truck, you know? But then you th I think about a rink and it's like, the basis of it is awesome. Have Having a hangout where, you know, people can come and fucking, you know, the rink, the little arcade section where you'd have all pinball machines and shit. Maybe you've got a couple of training rooms in there where PTs can do their thing or run yoga classes or whatever you want. You've got skater-specific areas where people in specific disciplines can go and exercise or, uh, you know, do their, you know, like, for example, artistic skaters have ropes from the roof. Uh, speed skaters have, like, slide boards and stuff like that. Even having a little working gym that's either outside or inside, whatever you want it. And then... Like, just creating somewhere really fucking cool that people want to go, you know? Like, you, you're not telling me that whole Friday night lights in a, in a disco fucking rink with everyone going forwards and backwards and it's low light with all the cool funky DJ sitting in the corner spinning some old school fucking 90s shit. Like, dude, that's cool as fuck. And the thing is, even if it's not cool, you market it correctly and it will still work, you know? Like, it's something that I feel like you kind of have to have a little bit of general knowledge about skating, but also at the same time, just have a general understanding of how to market a product and sell it, you know? And the thing that really fucking breaks my heart about the rink, obviously besides all the mask bullshit, is the fact that it isn't that awesome popping place that it was when I was 10 years old and found it for the first time, you know? There is no real community there outside the people who are there five days a week practicing artistic skating and i get that that's what the the business been built around right now but when i think of like you know 
I'm I'm in a I'm in not a, such a unique position, but there is a lot of times where where that would have filled in the gap of like what should we do this Friday Friday afternoon Friday night sort of thing, you know you want to do something with your mates you don't want it to have to involve drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes but you still want to do something you know and it's like realistically it just always ends up drinking alcohol and smoking cigarettes because that's all there is to do on a Friday night you imagine like man I feel like I'm trying to sell my idea. I'm not. I'm just excited about it. How fucking cool would that be? It doesn't even make sense that 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 like skating is going through a revolution at the moment, right? Literally, City Beach is sell, selling Impala skates by the pallet load, and were all last year as well because of the pandemic, because everyone was on lockdown, and that's the only thing they could do is go and skate by themselves on their driveway and see all the people on Instagram doing it, girls in booty shorts, and being like, oh, "I want to be like her," and then they go and do it, and. Yet the rink has 15 people there on a Sunday afternoon with no aircon on telling you to wear masks. Well, no shit, you know? No shit there's 15 people there. And yeah, yeah, you know, fuck, it is what it is. I'm sorry, I was just, just going to add fucking insult to injury there, but no, nah, it's, as I said, it's more of a heartbreak than anything because I'd love to, you know, the narrative in my mind of purchasing the rink, which is the place where I kind of grew up, you know, and had a lot of character defining moments and learned a lot about myself. Like it's a really fun narrative to think about. But at the same time, like it makes no sense what what it is now. You're not buying anything except the skates on the wall. You know, like if you had if if you went in there any given session it was popping off, you'd be like, Well, this is sick, you know. But who knows? I'm fucking twenty nine years old. I might do something when I'm like thirty, you know? Or 31. Dude, this is fucking crazy. Life just keeps going on. Like, I'll be 35 one day and I can just do shit that I want when I'm 35, you know? Seems silly saying it out loud, but also, like, also, how's this, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to be 30 at the end of this year and, bitch, I'm ready, okay? I've been fucking around, okay? I haven't been fucking around. And when I ask myself, what, what was I doing when I was 26? No idea. I was busy being 26, you know? What was I doing when I was 21? Again, no idea. No fucking idea, okay? I was so busy being 21 because I knew one day I was going to be 30. I don't know people who just like, hearing it all the time now, people are like, oh, you know, 30 next year. <sighs> you know, right? Like, yeah, dude, it's been coming your whole life. Guess what comes after 30? 31. No surprise, okay? So this bullshit idea of like, oh, I don't want to grow old and all the rest, like, are you always in like ignorant denial that this is going to stay the way it is? You know, like, here's an example. This is a, this is a list of my goals. And like, I, this is my January, 2022 goals. And I, I did want to fucking bring it up a little bit, but it's, it's the more I think about it, that doesn't sit right. That not necessarily, I don't want to share my goals, um, with you guys audience. I have like mad respect that you're listening to me, you know, 40 something minutes into this episode. But the fact that like keeping those goals close to my chest is almost a part of the gameplay that I have at the moment because I give myself such crazy goals to accomplish that if I share them with people, it kind of takes away the intimacy that I have with the goal itself. And even though like I, I made 21 goals for, for January and I achieved 17 of them and the shit that I missed out on, because I always have to like evaluate why I missed out. So one is ongoing, one fell out of my control, one just didn't happen and one was just a little bit short. So that overall is a pretty good month. Now, I make lists and goals and shit, and I had to do all this yesterday. Today's the 2nd of February. No, 1st of February. Yesterday was the 31st of January. So I had to finish this up and make new goals for February, right? 
And I have to make such relentless goals for February because I made relentless goals for January and fucking achieved them. Okay? So now I make these goals for February that are so fucking pie in the sky ridiculous that, okay, cool. If, you know, I think I only set 19 goals for February. If I only get 10 of them, I'm still kicking ass. Now, all of this comes from a very simple catalyst, right? And that catalyst is fear. The fear that I might have got to the 31st of January and not done fucking anything. Because I've got to the 31st of January 28 other fucking times and maybe 27 of them, I did fucking nothing. (laughs) Nothing, right? You realize the older that you get and the more this happens, you get more relative experience with time. So the years actually seemingly in your perception are going to get shorter, right? Which means that you're on a fucking stopwatch. Someone's already counting down until you die. And we don't know who that someone is until we die, but they're counting, right? And it's inevitable that if you're 21 right now, you're going to be 22 in a year's time. It's your responsibility to make sure that in the month of January when you were 21, or for me when I was 29, that you fucking kicked ass, right? And kicking ass looks different to everyone. Kicking ass for me is recording podcasts and printing stickers. Kicking ass for you might just be getting out of bed half an hour earlier, but it's your responsibility to do that. Because we all want to pat ourselves on the back and stroke ourselves on the dick at six o'clock in the morning and not get out of bed to do the exercise and say, oh, I'll go twice as hard tomorrow and sleep until seven. Well, bitch, you're the sort of person who's going to be surprised when you turn 40 and wonder where your life went. Go do shit. Set goals. Be savage. And also completely disassociate yourself from your experiencing human body when you're achieving your goals. Because when you set shit that's so far out of your perception of possible, you won't recognize who you are when you're doing it. Thus, you need to separate yourself and let that savage motherfucker go off and prove to you what is possible and come back with the results. Okay? Let me give you an example. In my diary, I'll give myself things that I've got to do for either the rest of the day or the next day or the day after that. And when the time comes, right? And I know when the time comes to read that list and do that shit. You can't read number one and go like, yeah, number two, yeah, number three. Oh, that's easy. I'll, I'll do that one. Dude, fuck you. Do number one. Disassociate yourself from that idea of having any relationship with the task that you're about to do and fucking do it. The old you goes, "Mm, yeah, task number three. The new you, the motherfucker, the savage who didn't just get up at six, who woke up before their alarm goes, yeah, this first job is fucking cake. Damn, number three looks good. I'm going to get through number one and number two and then get to number three. Okay, and then I'll enjoy number three. So you start setting up this incentive reward system like, okay, I have to do this, this and this. Now, the old you is still in bed, hand on knob. Right? You got to be savage. You've got to set the goals outside of reach. Then when you're on your way to getting them, you've got to go like, hey, look at the savage motherfucker doing it. You don't want to be there going like, oh my God, I can't believe I achieved so much today. Oh my God, look at me. Like, yeah, dude, keep going, keep going. The old dumb you is stuck in fucking fairyland wondering how the fuck they're going to get to the next task. This new you has already gone past the next job because they're busy doing shit. Hmm? I know, I know. It's a big idea from idea and it's a big idea from over here and I just 
with the power of all my beautiful brain, brought them together for you as a gift. And with that, I'm going to sign out. Be good to you, mum, because I'm fucking out. Yeah!